Hello everyone and welcome to Tongue in Cheek with the Solomon Sisters. I'm Ilana. I'm Dina. And we are the pop culture vultures in Couture breaking down this week's latest episodes of Bravo and pop culture. Welcome. Tonight we are breaking down the latest episode of Potomac 512 Fully Charged as well as the first part of the Below Deck reunion. And then, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there, but Ilana will be doing a very special interview with Block by Jax. Before we get started, Dina, how are you? It's been a couple hours since I've last seen you for our photo shoot, and you look like a lot's happened in that time. <laughs> a lot has happened. Thank you. I know. I look amazing. Everyone can obviously see that and hear that. Well... On a side note, I know no one can see us, but I do like that we're both in our robes. Like we came home and we definitely kind of sunk into our night energy. No, I did. And I, instead of watching, you know, most current below, I really just, you know, I needed to unwind. So Alana and I are both deep diving below deck med season one. And so whoever is watching it, cause I know there are others out there like us, I'm having a lot of emotions about Danny. Mm. I also came to a really strong realization I shared with you, I think just seconds before we started this podcast, <laughs> that Brian, the head bosun, looks exactly like the actor who played the mean jock in Encino Man. I think his name is Michael DeLuisi? DeLuisi, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. But anywho... they're like the same person and he is that character from that movie I feel like he watched that movie he studied that character and he Mm -hmm. became one with him Alana what do you feel about Danny um so when I first ever watched that season of Below Deck I really felt bad for Danny because his intentions were to make the guest experience something really special. And I thought he had a lovely sort of backstory. He cared so much about his mom and his sister and his family and his intentions were so good. But re-watching it, I saw him so differently because I, I saw rather than from the perspective of someone who would be experiencing him. So from someone who might have been a charter guest, I I kind of think um, I was seeing it more from the perspective of if I had to work with a person like that. And I think when I first ever watched the show, I had not worked in an environment. I was mostly working with you freelance doing you know, personal shopping, styling, all those things. But I was, my coworker was someone I enjoyed. And now that I've experienced a corporate culture where you're working with a lot of people, not all who you get along with, he reminded me of someone I'd recently worked with who was great with customer service, excellent with customer service, but really didn't know how to do the job, was very incompetent, refused to learn, was very cocky about their contribution and was not at all willing to learn from people, even people who genuinely, myself um, included in this statement, wanted to help them by teaching them. And I think 
you know, I remember discussing this person with you and saying, if I had to interact with this person outside of work, just in a social situation, I really like them possibly because we did have some things in common, including Bravo. But working with them was really difficult because they refused to um, admit that they were not even incompetent, just unable to do things because they didn't know how to. And when people would correct their behavior, they refused to take that in and were very stubborn about how the guest experience was positive and that's all that mattered. And so it really made me turn on Danny. No, I feel you. I look at him more like Scrappy from Scooby-Doo or that guy in the mob movie who is always like, you know, he's trying his best, but he's always screwing up. He talks too much. So he ends up getting killed midway through. And you're like, oh, I saw that coming. You, that was you. But I just, mm. I don't know. I don't know. I like, I go back and forth every time I watch it, but that's really emotionally where I have been. What about you? I actually am in a very emotional place. I had a tragedy happen to me this week, as you know, but I will share with our listeners. I got a beautiful Bottega Veneta bag in a chartreuse suede. I bought the spray. Hi, Honor, stylishly Solomon. Indeed. I bought it in the chartreuse suede. I bought the um, spray to protect it. And the spray had gone bad or something because when I sprayed it, it turned it like a gray black to my horror. I was devastated. There were some tears. There were some 3 a.m. emails and phone calls to a representative from Bottega Veneta, who if you are in the Bar Harbor area, Lester is the best. And I highly recommend working with him. If it is unavailable at Saxon, you cannot work with Dina. And um, he did everything and more to help me with my bag situation and I was able to resolve it and now I have a bag same bag in perfect condition but who was right who told you don't you worry don't you fret they're gonna replace that for you I'm like, you're just going through a lot it's kind of like with my car it has really bad luck I swear. Your car does have bad luck. Yeah. Every five seconds, something new and interesting. And no one ever leaves a note. I get like a new like mark on my car. Somebody has clearly done something to it and just never leaves me a note. I just got it fixed from the last time somebody did something. Well, it's like the episode of The Good Place when she finally does leave a note and then ends up getting sued. Like people don't want to do the right thing because so many people then do the wrong thing with it. I know it's like fork it, but still, I I just feel on another note though, before we get into Potomac, because I know we both have kind of been on, you know, some rants, but I did have something happen this week that did actually make me feel like you know what, go you, Dina. I'm going to share it with everyone. A lot of you know this, but it really made me feel like I know Tell my me. Bravo. Bring it on. So when we first met Carol on the New York Housewives, I right away turned to you. I think it was after even the first episode and said, I feel like Carrie Bradshaw was based off of Carol. And I remember I never got that confirmation, but every time I would talk to anybody about her, I would say, I am convinced that Carrie is based off of Carol because they're just the same person. Even sometimes when Carol makes those statements that she makes where you can see she feels she has said something so profound and wise. And then 
you know, it really just has said nothing. It reminds me so much of Carrie. And just to find out, it came out, I think, this week on all the different, like, Bravo pages and everything that Candace has, yes, has confirmed that Carol, that Carrie was based off of Carol. And I just had a really amazing moment where it's like, I knew it. I was there. I saw it. I will say that Carrie, in so many ways, you could definitely see it. But one of the things that made Carrie Bradshaw so lovable, and it's quite converse to why Carol's more challenging, was that Carrie was very, like, tongue-in-cheek. Like, she didn't take herself so seriously. And she was written as a character who was self-deprecating, had humor. So she would do an action that was sort of dramatic and over the top and taking herself too seriously. But then she would also kind of balance it with sort of making jokes upon herself and teasing her own drama. Whereas Carol, what she lacks is that self-awareness to know, to sort of have humor. Once Carol came on the show, I think that we talked about it a lot and it's something that you really notice is that she initially seemed to come in almost like she was an observer who was also on the show so she was a boots on the ground observer and then later it was as if she still saw herself that way but yet her actions and her personality had totally become one of them. It was sort of like an, a zookeeper who didn't realize she'd become an animal. Oh, I like that analogy. I really like that. No, but here's what I think it is. It's Instagram versus reality. Sarah Jessica Parker is adorable. So of course, when you see her take this role on, she was able at moment to make Carrie like, oh my God, you know? But then you have Carol who can be adorable. I do think in the beginning, Carol had some lovely moments, but mm. she was she was the reality. She was the rough, rough reality. <laughs> well, I agree completely. Andy but I still Instagram think that, reality. But I still think like Sex and the City, one of the reasons it's even had the longevity that it has is because at the end of the day, it's a comedy. And I think that one of the reasons Carol only has five good summers is because she's a dramedy at best. She is. So speaking of dramedy, let's get into Potomac. Potomac this week was a very interesting episode for me for three reasons, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, I really felt a lot for Eddie and his story. I love Wendy and Eddie. I think Wendy is a superstar, all-star new addition. And her family is beautiful. And it was really sad, the story of Eddie and his family sort of abandoning him, especially because at least the reason given to us is so weak. And, you know, I am someone who is Jewish and married someone Muslim and not just my own family, but his family has been very supportive of us and loving. And both of us come from pretty religious backgrounds. So it wasn't something we expected of our 
families. And it just makes me all the more sad that here's someone who comes from the same culture and has done everything in a certain degree, the way he was meant to be. He's successful. He married a good woman from his culture that would make most moms proud. And then he still gets rejected, not just by his parents, but his siblings. So that was very interesting. And I definitely want to chat about that. I was also very interested in Ashley and Michael's therapy session, which I felt Michael had some very manipulative um, and weak arguments. And finally, I was very interested in Candace sort of reminding us at the end and even having an argument with her own husband about why she ended up in an altercation in the first place. I will say as an asterisk, because it wasn't to me an, an episode highlight, if you will, but I thought the conversation between Ray and Karen about her fame going to her head and sort of breaking the fourth wall was very interesting as well. Those were sort of my highlights of the episode. What were yours? Right away, just before we get into it, I do have the highlight that I thought Wendy's dress, like throughout the dress at the end, the gold dress with her daughter as well, Oh my God, at the sip and see party, I was like, Wendy, you were just so beyond beautiful and your daughter and you, just lovely. And I also loved her Gucci like knit headband. Was it a headband? Conversely, I thought Giselle looked like candy floss or cotton candy, um, as they say in America, in her pink shapeless dress. And it was just a reminder of how beautiful she is because no one could look good in that dress. And she could have looked a lot worse if she didn't have that face. No, I agree. I agree with you. Giselle really was something. And Robin with that pink dress. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I, side note, and I totally forgot. One of my biggest highlights, I literally have it in my notes as well, was Robin dancing. Oh, yes. I was going to actually mention that after the close. When, after, yeah. Robin dancing. I think just really showed us who Robin is and why she's needed on this show. Yeah, and I definitely feel, I know where I'm bouncing about, but I definitely feel that Robin, like, first of all, handled her, you know, the, the trope of a housewife having money troubles in a way that was unique to Robin and really glided us right past it. It's really not going to be a plot line. She won't let it be, and I love that. And I also feel like she's really earning her paycheck. You well, know, like, Robin, for, oh, sorry, but Robin has such gold, gall, 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 gall. Um, when she, chutzpah, as us Jews say, chutzpah, when she is saying that she doesn't want later at the sippancy, like, for um, Monique to go to jail, but she thinks it's good for her to learn a lesson. After we know Robin has not paid 90K of taxes, that Robin can say that and have kind of nothing. I love though, another highlight, and then I'm gonna let it get back to you. I'm so like, let me, but when Robin's kids, who I think are like 14, were like, or however old they are, told her you only have 14 orders and how much money are you making? Are you bringing in enough? I laugh so hard. I mean, good for Robin with her dazzling little hats and everything. I definitely think that feels a little more in her wheelhouse than the flipping houses did. It just felt like a better fit. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that she's kind of found her way to that. 
and her boys are so adorable, like so cute and funny and charming in the way they were even helping her, but giving her sass. But I think Robin, I've always kind of agreed with what they said on Bitch Sesh, the podcast, which is that she's like the sleepiest housewife. And I feel like maybe it's because of this $90,000 she owes in back taxes, but she seems alive and awake. Like she's really well rested and just wants to dance the night away. And I've been Ready so to get pleased with her. Yes. And honestly, I feel like, you know, usually when that's someone's plot line, I'm so disinterested, but Robin actually has been bringing a lot, even though officially I would say her story isn't so dynamic. Like she's going to get engaged to one. She has a little money trouble. You know, that's not that interesting. But then, for example, like in the Monique episode when Giselle kind of made a whole, uh, I don't know, that whole thing with the um, bringing the security guard as if she was afraid and then sort of kind of walking out in this big huff, I really felt like Robin was so interesting in that episode because she stayed, she listened. And I think when she said then in this episode that she doesn't want her to go to jail, I think it's Robin being Robin, which is someone who sees the bigger picture of things and knows when things are going too far and when it's interesting. So I actually appreciated her saying, you know, like, you know, there, there. This might be a step yes, too far. Yes, but I think, I think what Robin was really thinking then, as well as Giselle, and I know we have jumped a bit for, but as well as Giselle at the sip and see party, there was definitely a moment where the two of them are realizing, oh, like shit, we this went way too far. Like Candace is right. to take this woman to jail because when Candace says, when they say we don't want her to go to jail and Candace looks back at them and says, don't we? Don't we? Since this seems to be borderline general knowledge, general, general knowledge, knowledge um, she seems at least to me to expect like the group because they discussed that they're going to take down Monique and that was the plan of the season I think in Candace's head there is no line that's too far but anyone who aligns themselves with Candace has already taken it too far because it's not that she represents someone stable and she's not like an LVP she's not someone who's a sniper on the side she is a grenade so Candace, I did a deep dive, you know, and I was watching some interviews with Candace. And in one of them with Bryce Sander from ET, she was saying mm. that most people come, like when they come on the show, like they, people are coming to watch, to watch the fights, to watch the drama, to watch them have the back and forth, which is of course true. But then she also said that in all past shows and she starts kind of naming, or at least they showed flashbacks of like Teresa or Kim and Lisa Renna and, you know, all those moments. But she said that even though the girls bring it, they never take it to the point where they actually physically attack each other. So she said she thought it was fair game and true. to do that. Yes, because then that's in Atlanta, not true. they always physically sometimes attack. Wait, too. I could list so much more than Atlanta. First of all, like, uh, every time Danielle Staub is on TV, yeah, Danielle Staub, Beverly, Beverly pulls people's hair. Do we not remember Margaret almost like breaking but that's her neck? Wait, 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 that's New Jersey. So where, where in Beverly Hills did they actually do the? Because I know the glass, but that could be Candace with the knife on Potomac. 
Candace, I mean, my heart was broken when one tear slid down Rena's cheek when a bunny was returned to her. That oh, wait, 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 wait. I am but, so wrong. Wait, wait, wait. I have misquoted everything. Brandy did slap Miss Lisa Vanderpump. Of course she did. I mean, there's so many different moments on The Housewives where things go over a line across all the franchises. And sometimes it's it's physical, sometimes it's not. But I mean, Leanne Locken is someone who I think has been very violent, but it's not always just physical. And I think actually um, Leanne, and I could be wrong. So if I am, please don't. Don't be upset. But I think Leanne, when this whole Candace and Monique thing happened, commented on it was either Monique or Candace. So it's a 50 50. But basically, was saying, now you understand. <laughs> that now oh, you understand. I vaguely remember seeing yeah. that on Comments by Bravo. Yeah. And they were Wait, saying, that's a. Yeah, but I was just going to say, yeah. So they were, she was basically saying, now you understand what I went through when people judge you on something. And I think somebody wrote, like, this is not. I think if it was like maybe. I'm imagining on Monique's page. Yeah, I feel like it was Monique, and then he was saying, "Now, nah, then, then she was saying, so you like know what I like feel for you, and you know what I've been through." And I was like, "Oh, Leanne, yeah. no one wants to understand." Oh no, back down. But honestly, I, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but every franchise has had moments that went too far, that got physical, that got in your face. Not all of them ended up in an actual fight, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that it didn't go too far. I mean, Margaret, I mean, I'm going back to New Jersey, but even when Margaret pushed um, the fiance of Danielle into the water, that's pretty aggressive. I mean, New Jersey, I think it's probably- No, I completely agree. I don't know why- The most aggressive. No, I, I agree with you, actually. Now that I'm rethinking about that interview, why didn't they name any of that? Well, I mean, I feel like there's a lot more, though, from other franchises. I mean, obviously, the first thing that always comes to my mind when I think of an altercation is when Kenya had the blow horn in Portia's face. And also when Portia attacked um, the assistant and they showed it a different time. And I feel like, okay, even though I do not agree with Monique that words and violence are the same, I do feel that Kenya was bullying and bullying and bullying Portia to the point where she snapped. This was something I was don't, such a huge fan of. So we've talked about this for a while. Yeah. And I disagree with you because I think that it was not just Candace, although it was physically Candace who had the act of violence Wait, upon I said, her. I said Portia. I said I don't think of this with Monique and Candace. I think Kenya bullied Portia to the point. Right. And what I'm trying to say is that I think Candace did the same to Monique, but it wasn't just Candace. If I ever found out that someone was trying to not only accuse me of having an affair, but saying that my recently born child was not mine and trying to blast that on TV and accuse me and like forsake my whole entire family and everything for ratings because they don't care for me. I cannot even imagine how out of my head angry I could potentially be and hurt. But we have to, again, and I'm not saying these are on the same level because what these girls were doing was so wrong, was so beyond hurtful. And the fact that Candace never went to Monique to tell her anything. Um, I think and was a part of it. Yeah, was a part of it. 
is I agree with you completely not kosher but let's also say like these girls get what they give and Monique even though I have always been a huge fan of her she did do something very dodgy to Giselle but I never said that Monique was innocent nor do I feel that what I'm saying is I don't think like Portia can take care of herself too. I don't think that with Kenya and Portia, it was that it was like one person was weak and one person was but, strong. But here's why I think that's different. One, Kenya's a lot older than Portia. So Portia was always, Kenya was somebody that Portia, cause she even said this her first season. That was somebody she looked up to. That was somebody she thought was like her hero. So then to meet this person who is like kind of the, the devil, uh, Shaitana, like you meet her and she's this evil person who not only like everything you do, she hates and she keeps bringing you down and she keeps picking fights with you. She keeps doing back like stabbing things. I feel like eventually when that person is constantly coming after you and again, it's somebody who you felt a connection to and who has so much hate and anger towards you. And I do feel from watching those two seasons, Kenya was a bully to her. I could see why Portia, who had been through already just so much, had like a break moment. Do I think Portia was right in that moment either? No, you should never get violent. But I guess I understand more Portia than Monique in this situation. Having said that, Candace is, of course, not being nice. I mean- Well, Candace is a bully too. That's the thing. I, I think Candace was raised by someone who, in my opinion, you know, is emotionally abusive. And I think that Candace is emotionally, emotionally abusive to the people around her because she doesn't know better. That's the way she knows how to communicate. On top of that, she also is someone who, you know, plays the game dirty. And I'm not saying Monique doesn't too. I'm just saying that I definitely think that Candace had gone out of her way along with the green-eyed bandits who came out pretty like hands clean, although they're not in reality. Um, and their plan was to not just hurt Monique, but to destroy her family. And as much as I could not stand watching uh, Kenya bully Portia, and I do believe that's what she was doing, she was not going after her family and her child. And I think it's worse actually what they were doing to Monique. I think Candace became the face of what those three women were doing. So before we really get into Candace, because really the whole episode, we could be breaking down Candace and everything that happened with her. I do want to get into the few things that I mentioned before. What did you think about everything? Because I have such a personal connection to the Wendy Eddie's story and sort of not because it is my life but in a way because it could have been my life and I'm very interested about how you feel about it coming from a place where it's not your story or something that you can necessarily connect with except for the fact that you love me and I'm your sister well it's interesting because when I was watching it I did not look at it like a parallel between you and G Maybe well, it's almost like a, a, a road that it could have, a path that it, we could have ended yeah, up on. Yeah, but I guess when I was watching it, I wasn't watching it within that perspective. So even though I did think it was very sad, I think for me, which isn't the best thing, but I was kind of focused more on like, 
Wendy, what she was wearing, how she was planning the sip and see. I thought it was interesting about her telling like the girls to all wear pink and what that meant. And even the complete juxtaposition between Candace at her party calling up the woman who inspired and who she want, like who she looked to for her marriage, which was such to me random people with her mother and her and Karen. And then you see Wendy at her sip and see and who the women who she was, which was again, her mother and her sister, but it seemed to make so much more sense. And I think with Wendy, when I look at it, I look at Wendy more, I feel like, not that I relate to her, but the closeness she has with her mother and how she wants to be, you know, for her parents, everything they've done for her, living up to not only their goals, but her own being that perfectionist. I feel we come from a religious Jewish family where we were brought up like, Jewish women do everything. We're like supposed to be really fashionable, be really into, you know, be a good housewife, cook for your husband, like clean for him, but also be a worker, be doing everything, be, you know, religious to God as well, but take care of your kids. I think there are just so many things we're taught that you have to be able to do and our, and our mother does it, I think perfectly. So goals for that. But that's kind of where I think I was relating to. And I liked- So you were relating to Wendy and I was relating to Eddie. Yeah, so I think I looked at it in that way, but I did find the whole thing quite sad in the end, how he wanted them there and he couldn't have them there. And I think Wendy, I know I've said this in past podcasts, but I feel like everyone has kind of looked at Leah as that breakthrough, like cast member that everyone loves and who just fits in so well. And I, I honestly feel it's Wendy. I think she's so dynamic. I worry that she's on this show but I think she's on it because she wants to show her mother that when she leaves this job, she will become this public icon who everyone will mm. know. And I think for her in her head, that will give her mother. And I actually believe even if there's elements to the show that there's arguments um, and maybe some nastiness, I'm not saying there isn't. I do believe like Porsche is a great example of it. Like even if you have moments where you fall, you can rise not just within the boundaries of the show. And I really think since Wendy is sort of a foot above everyone because her career was already media-based in a very intellectual aspect, it actually opens up a market to people who might not be so um, aware of of her from from the political world and sort of maybe make them actually interested in her messages. So I think it was a really smart move, honestly. But I will say that anytime I really like a housewife, my, my first concern is, and sort of what happened to Carol kind of happening, which is that they go from someone who's an observer to someone who's too deeply in. No, I feel, I feel for you. And speaking of going deeply in, because I know you wanted to quickly touch upon it with Ashley and Michael, I want to get to that, but let's take a little break and then we'll get right into Ashley and Michael and go into Candace. Ashley at this therapist appointment I can definitely see I want to hear all about how you feel the manipulation and everything for me I just felt it was very staged he was so emotionalist him saying about his father emotionalist <laughs> so with Ashley and Michael though back to the more important stuff um 
I felt like it was all just very rehearsed. There was no emotion to me. I couldn't even feel bad for Michael. And with Ashley, when she's holding his hand, I just wanted to scream and say, you know what? We have no clue what's going on with their marriage. I feel it was all just that she was mad he got caught. She's giving him like a slap on the wrist. This isn't about her wanting to stop. What they have decided is okay in their open marriage, but she just knows that with the ladies she is surrounded with, it would never be accepted in their group. What do you feel? I 100% agree, but I feel like even if this were staged, the language that he used was very manipulative because essentially what he said was it was your fault I cheated because you put the baby in front of me and it's your job to police my behavior and like make sure that you were giving me enough attention so therefore I don't do this again and by the way my dad was a drunk and emotionally abusive so um you know it's another reason why you know, you have more on your plate to deal with with me. No, no, I completely agree. I thought the best part was when he was like asking I Ashley and he's like, well, you'd be fine with this. If the baby wasn't born, you know, you would be okay with this. And she's like, no, it has nothing to do with the baby. And he's like, but when the baby came, that's when you stopped wanting it, right? And she's like, yes. And then you see the look in his face, like he's been vindicated. you like, he made his point. Yeah, and I, I mean, I definitely no, but I think that a lot of men, and I don't even know, if, like, n- not just, you know, bastards like Michael, but like lovely men do probably feel maybe like their love or attention has been a bit usurped when a baby comes because obviously, uh, like, there's no love comparable to a parent's love for their child. And men are always their first baby you know so I I always call my husband you know bebe and these sweet names and now I'm calling our little fur baby that and you know not to say he's been jealous but I would say that (laughs) I could definitely understand how when it's your actual baby you know you need to almost there's a reason couples call each other baby because you are that that is your first person that you're caring for beyond yourself truly and deeply so when you have your own child I do think a lot of people um men specifically kind of can tend to feel insecure because now there's a real baby has replaced them and my mother on my wedding day said the first baby you will ever have and the biggest is your husband well I can't relate because I'm the Kendall and you are the Kim of this situation but I feel like one day this will I'll, this will come full circle and I'm going to listen to this again and be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I get it, I get it. But I will like to say, Uncle Lump was the Love best. Uncle addition. Lump! Uncle Lump should have had his own time. I wanted more. I was like, Uncle Lump, where have you been all my life? Did you know he had cancer? No, no one told me. So I read that he's in remission or I heard that he's in remission. Might have been on another podcast, whatever it is. The information came to me. And no, but I think he's in remission. But I was just thinking in my head when I heard that, like this man loves Ashley so much that he fought through death so that he could come and protect her because he, to me, 
when he was saying he wants to talk to Michael, I was like, yeah, he wants to be man to man, face to face. And he's not like Sheila where he's mooching off of this guy and this guy can kind of feel like he's got the upper hand or, you know, that there's any question with his intent. He is only there to have Ashley's back and he's going to make Michael like, you know, we see each other. I completely, completely agree. And I also feel, I'm going to throw this out there. This might be a little edgy. I don't know how people are going to react. But Uncle Lump and Giselle, hmm. is he married? I couldn't tell. I felt like he was. He I think he is because at one point he said we went to something or we did something. And I would imagine the we was his wife. Well, I think Giselle needs to you know, maybe have a come to Jesus moment with Uncle Lump and go find her right person. Because when he said, we do not entertain him, I was like, Uncle Lump, you get me. And I love you. I don't know who you are. Well, amazing. <laughs> well, I first of all, am really considering naming my firstborn son Lump, just so that someone out there that will be my future descendant will have an Uncle Lump. I, love I just love the way that sounds. But um, I also feel that... Giselle having a come to Jesus would be so profound because it would mean that Jesus has helped her realize that the pastor named Jamal is no good. Oh, I know. I did realize as you were talking right now, I was like, oh my God, Dina, you you did such a pun. Mm. Like you, like you're I could tell that you hadn't picked up on your own pun and I was just guiding everyone. There. Thank you. Every, I just thank wanted you. to thank throw you. that out there. But I really want to get but to Candace. I will just say like, on, right before we get into Candace's last thought, because it's just another relationship that's um, under the, the spotlight, is Karen and Ray. It really was interesting to me because this show has broken the fourth wall more than anyone. And it wasn't like there was new information. It was very clear. Like Ray feels that the fame has changed her and the opportunities has changed her and Karen isn't even arguing that it has or has not she's just wants to you know con to continue to develop and grow together I guess and I found it very interesting that they didn't cut it out I love that the editors in production allowed for that real conversation because so many times on these shows on in other franchises They'll say like, oh, your businesses or something like that have taken you away from me. And specifically, it made me think of Joe Gorga, Melissa Gorga, when they were fighting and they were trying to say it was because of her boutique success. She's not been home. And I was like, listen, no one's shopping at Envy. The reason she's traveling so much and is so busy is because she's going to do Watch What Happens Live and she's going to LA and she's going to do magazines. And, you know, he's not always involved in those promotional things probably and he's jealous and he's bitter and that's what it made me think with Ray that it was someone who had a real issue with the show and the way the show was affecting them and it was kind of cool to see it not edited away that they were acknowledging that it was the thing no I definitely felt like Ray wanted um, her to know that he was a part of making her who she was which I found interesting because I do well, feel she has kind of used like the two of them. So I could see kind of how he and was part of that story. And in, in the beginning, first season, as you may remember, because you too recently rewatched it, her kind of not calling card, but her sort of introduction to everyone is I'm the Black Gale Bill Gates wife. So she's certainly before the show and at the beginning of the show and its inception was sort of like 
bragging, not even bragging, like promoting herself and, and establishing herself through who he was. No, I it is a shift. But I do feel that one of my favorite things about that scene was that Ray and Karen, before it was even on trend, were already social distancing. <laughs> they were using that path to not walk too close. And I thought, well, yeah. you know, like, that shows Karen, she's always ahead of the trend lately. And this really showed it. Emotional distance has allowed for social distance. <laughs> and she kind of kept that. They walk very far away from each other. Also, when Karen sees the deers fighting and says, and is kind of saying, oh, like about how they're fighting and that someone needs to fight, I thought, like, again, Karen, you're making moments. But I want us to really kind of quickly go through Candace, our feelings from her, you know, going out to eat with her friend, describing the lawsuit to her in the car, to her amazing Lili Seducci headband at the Sip and See and pink dress. Wow, what are your thoughts? I don't think she was wearing Lili Seducci on her head. I think she's wearing Bobble Bar. Was it? Because I oh. had that headband and her dress was ASOS. Because It was funny because when she walked in, I thought she looked adorable, but I'd also seen all the pieces before and I was like, mm, I like That's this. Bobble I like what bar, you're doing. Really? Yeah. I think oh. so. I'm 90% sure. I might, I might be wrong. Is that but... the pearl one you always lend me? Yeah, and it, it, she was wearing the pink one, which I've also got. That's why if it's oh. the same as the one I have, which it looked like, it's, they're both bubble bar. I heard on a podcast, and it really interested me, someone suggested that the reason Candace was so aggressive in pursuing, like, a lawsuit with Monique was because she didn't apologize and it genuinely hurt her that her friend could do this to her. I disagree. I think two things. One, Monique said it herself when she was fighting Robin with the umbrella a few seasons back. You shouldn't fight someone who has less to lose than you do. Candace has cut herself off or her mother's cut her off. We're not quite sure from her mother, but this is actually bringing them together. And I noted that in this episode. This has been a really... Well, like that was actually going to be my point. Because what I was going to say is, financially, she started this season saying she's not taking money from her mother. So, you know, be, being litigious might allow her to have the opportunity to make money. And it puts her in a position where her mother has now seen her exactly as her mother seems to want her, which is innocent and needy and dependent and her mom wants to come in and save the day and her mom's saying you should sue you should do this and Candace gets to be the child again and say yes mommy and I think this is more um, of an opportunity for Candace to also gain public sort of um, love and respect because I think at least in Candace's head, she thought it was going to be a little more black and white in the way it was um, perceived by the public. I actually don't think that's what's happened from the people we've chatted with and just sort of things I'm seeing online and in other podcast hearing. I think for the most part, everyone's sort of in a place where it's not right what Monique did at all. Well, Monique on, I rewatched the Watch What Happens Live and it made me with Monique and it made me so excited because I must have watched it halfway through. And I've mentioned this in other podcasts, like how I found it weird 
that whole episode. But then when I rewatched it, I got excited because Monique says she mentions about the baby and how that's what the women were really coming after her. And that's why she was really upset. And she says she has so much receipts and that if they don't think she's bringing this to the reunion, they are insane. So that she is so excited to come. And I am ready because I do believe this is true. And I want to see how everything kind of unfolded. Oh my God, me too. But one of the things that I was even also thinking about is the fact that like this case wasn't just like settled. It was thrown out. So that means the court felt that neither women were more right or wrong, legally speaking. And that's how the so this whole debate, but right. But what I mean is this whole debate within kind of people taking sides it's proof that the legally they're saying there is no side to take you're both done horrible things well here's what i think i think candace might have gotten what she would have wanted like if candace wanted to kind of completely be seen as the victim like have the world really pro her if she would have never sued I do think then it would have looked more like, honestly, that maybe Candace was more the victim. But then once you see Candace in therapy, then when you see how aggressive she's being about going after this woman when she herself has exhibited violent behavior in the past and Ashley could like have- Like one done, season ago. Yeah, Ashley could have done so much. Speaking of which, Ashley, I mean, at this table, Ashley just was bringing, Ashley really has come up. I've heard a different podcast, so everyone's saying they've found a love for Ashley this season. Mm, I really have. Same. And watching her have so much chutzpah, whether I agree with her or not, to actually say in front of everyone what she really thinks, especially Michelle and Robin, knowing that they're the ones who did this. I think really made me feel like, okay, Ashley's like not BSing. This is her true feelings. I do think she's doing it to incite, but I don't think she expected Candace to react that way. No, and I also thought it was very interesting because her husband in trying to calm her down was almost hyping her up. Like, you know, and I felt like her mom was sitting there very silent for Dorothy, who we know is a pretty big mouth herself. And I thought it was very interesting because I was thinking like, these are the, the people who are supposed to help contribute to calming her down. Her mother who is silent and her husband who is almost ready to fight her to stop her from fighting. Well, and- I thought for a second it looked like Chris was actually for one second when he said, when he first said to her, shut up, let it go. For a second. But she wouldn't. But for a second, it was like one second, literally. And I was like, oh, okay, I get Like he can calm her down. And then within that one second, it turned back around. So I had a different reaction because I felt like the side glance she gave him was more like, watch me. I'm going to do this. Watch it. I and I, as soon as I saw her give that kind of look to Chris, like you can't hold me back kind of look, I felt very much like this is the problem with Candace. There is no one who in her life, at least that we've seen, who is like able to tell her in a way that she hears and respects to back down. She does not know how to. But I think for whatever reason she does, for whatever reason, somewhat until this fight's gonna happen, somewhat has decided that this is not the fight with Ashley because even at the table, I think a lot of her anger was at Karen. I think she wanted Karen 
to pick a side. I think it's really weird that these women, because I think I'm a Karen in this situation, a good Karen, but that I think that I agree with Karen. First of all, it's none of their business whose side she's on. She's being there for both of these women, which I think is amazing. But also, it's clear she's more on Monique's side. So why do they need her to come well, out? I think Karen is the winner of this season. I just think this has been a great season for her. She There's just so many things to love about her. She's funny. She's sort of ruling the the roost, if you will, or whatever the expression is. The Fendi cape. She's, the Fendi cape was the winner of the fight. Oh, Sorry, Pancho. Definitely the all-star of the, of the fight. And, but I, see, I agree with you. I think she's upset with Karen because literally at the beginning of the season, she told Karen, she gave her basically the same honor she gave her mother. Like, you are who I look up to. I think one of the reasons she felt okay and safe, let's say, to sue Monique was because Karen gave it her blessing. Wait, but wait, wait, before you go on. You think that Karen gave her her blessing in that part? I think Karen was saying her own truth. Like, she would have gone out. No, but I think Karen knows well enough that if, like, if you and I are talking and I tell you I would have done something or I would do something if I were in those shoes, you would take that seriously because you value my opinion. And I can't imagine that it's very different because I think she and Karen have that kind of bond. And she, her, I know she has a sister that she seems very close to, but she and Karen seem to have a very younger sister, older sister dynamic where I definitely feel that she values Karen's opinion. And I don't think it was Karen being like, go sue her. I just feel like Karen was speaking her truth, but that doesn't mean that she didn't have any awareness that it could possibly influence Candace's actions when her own mother is telling her do it too. Yeah, I felt good at more as her mother because like you're my you're my older sister. You're my everything. So it makes more sense like you have you are an amazing role model. So like following your steps it makes sense. But I've also known you for a long time, you know? Like there's a long history there. There's a long history. Of course. You can pour my cereal. But like with Mo with Karen and Candace I can pour your cereal. Can they pour each other cereals yet? No. They can go out. You don't know that. You don't know that. They might be pouring each other cereal all the time. They uh, might be that type of love. Breakfast. They might be able to know the other one's coffee order. Well, you know what we should do? We should DM Karen and Candace and ask how do they take their morning cereal? And if they both know the answer for the other one, we know that they can pour each other cereal. And that's that type of love. That's a deep love. That is a deep love. That's beautiful, Alana. You be you be you beautifully said that. But they did mm. at like always in all housewives. By the end of the episode, they were able to put on a happy face so that they could turn it to Karen. Well, but and just on a quick side note about Ashley, I do think a part of Ashley, she she literally just spent two seasons being bullied by Candace, and I definitely feel that some of her perspective might be because she's felt that behavior towards her and so she doesn't care for this person but I thought she did an excellent job and I just sort of want to shout it out because she acknowledged all the ways that Candace was also hurt she didn't dismiss it she didn't say you know I'm sorry but even though it wasn't her for her to apologize but I mean she didn't sort of kind of say you 
deserve this or you had this coming. I thought she did a great job of challenging Candace and actually showcasing, although I don't know if that was inadvertent, the issues Candace has and why she kind of is in the position she's in, but without ever making it seem like she was dismissing or trying to minimize what did happen to Candace. And that to me was brilliant. No, I agree. I definitely think that whole sip and see watching Candace go to zero to like a hundred real quick. Real quick. That like Candace is also in a very dark place. The way Monique, Mm -hmm. her hair was in a very dark place and is now coming out of it. We see the light. She's back. Mm -hmm. Her hair looks amazing. That pastor and that therapist she's been seeing has gotten her to a great. Even then, her hair was beautiful. I think it was just slow. It was like a slow morph. But any, mm. I did like her hair in that episode. Yeah, she looked beautiful. I loved her whole outfit. I mean, that's a whole other story. So should we take another little commercial break and then we're gonna do our quick highlights from Below Deck reunion before we get into the amazing interview with Block by Jax. So because we're going to be deep diving below deck reunion part one and two, I thought we could just do our rose and thorn for this episode. What is yours? I love that. No, Dina, you go first. What's your rose? Well, I think one of my roses was just watching Malia I fuck the camera the whole time. I couldn't get over <laughs> her tossing the way she would just like, I didn't know, I knew um, what's. Tom, sorry, I knew Tom was in the other room, probably DMing girls, um, but I just, <laughs> she was, and I thought, was that for Sandy? Because the two of you guys were just really annoying me throughout this whole episode. And I think that was as well as my thorn, Sandy saying that, basically blaming everything that for people, why she was mad at them or had done the action she did because of the, um, because they were doing it with emotion and that they shouldn't have emotion when they're coming to work. I actually completely agree with what she's saying. You should put on a game face when you are with clients and this and that. However, every decision then that Sandy made when they would ask her, why did she fire Kiko? He was annoying me. I was exhausted. He kept asking me, am I going to fire him? Am I going to fire him? I exploded. To me, I was like, Sandy, that's emotion. You don't know it, but that is a that is a part of emotion. Or her saying the things about Hannah and saying that literally when she watched the first season and got mad at Hannah for not remembering an order, and she took that anger and brought it back. On the first episode, too, which meant they yeah. just started filming. They just started. And there were so many other things that she could have, you know, I, I mean, when she watched Malia in, in that other season and she didn't have any emotional reaction to Malia's bad action, in her season it was just insane to me so watching Sandy just say everything with such a straight face I guess both Malia and Sandy were my rose and thorns because the chutzpah that they had to the also depravity of the way they acted is kind of like oh my god what's gonna happen next what about you so my rose was tied one was the volume cup that Hannah was holding that said, I need a volume. I just thought it was so funny and so classic Hannah. She's loved that, like she kind of took this thing that they tried to use to take her down and just kind of was very tongue in cheek about it. Sorry, I'm saying the podcast name tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek 
about it. And it made me laugh. And I liked the way she sort of was poking fun at what they were trying to make so serious with the maritime law thing and all. And then I also really enjoyed seeing all the cast in white. And I know that you're going to say that they were not all dressed to go to the same place but I was sitting there the whole time comparing it to the all-white reunion for Atlanta where they all looked impeccable and super glam and I felt like this was like the podunk version of that and I just really appreciated that they tried and I thought Bugsy looked so pretty her blue eyes just shone through and it was just really like Hannah all pregnant and glowy and needing a volume I just thought there was something cute and sweet to the fact that they were sort of trying to give the team a little organization and sense. So I appreciated that. My thorn um, was definitely related to Captain Sandy and Malia as well. But when it came to the question of was Hannah, was the cartridge CBD or weed? And I felt like the fact that they ended the episode on that was my thorn because there like to me, I have so much more argument with Malia and Captain Sandy's behavior. I felt like they literally systematically picked off people on the boat in a sort of Agatha Christie and then there were none kind of fashion. And they just sort of got rid of everyone they didn't like and left the crew the sort of skeleton they wanted. And Hannah was one of the people that was burned and I felt like the fact that they were now going after Hannah on this new thing trying to say that what she sort of has been claiming that she didn't bring drugs kind of really making it a whole other thing that wasn't even part of the series on the during the season but it was now this sort of extra added thing it felt very mean and it felt very frustrating like this woman is pregnant her time on the show is over. The fact that she came to the reunion with humor and looking beautiful was so lovely to me and kind to the fans and people who were kind of feeling sad that she left this way. And I didn't like that they were sort of pushing this whole narrative. Well, I kind of looked at that more as Andy and Bravo shading her because it was Andy who brought it out and showed that it was different, that like, the company, the manufacturer is saying it's a CBD pen. Oh, sorry, it's a THC pen. And she said it was a CBD pen, even that they were getting into the minutia of the back and forth in it. Like, honestly, I was thinking, who gives a fuck? Like, Sandy literally says, like, as the whole season was first blaming it on the panic attack, then saying it's the drug, then again at the reunion, saying to us that now it's because she doesn't trust Hannah. Again, an emotion. If this was a girl that you were working with, it doesn't matter if you trust her. She does her job well and, and does it. Who cares? And Hannah hadn't done anything. We have watched so many seasons with Hannah where she has done some really, really questionable things. I don't think this well, was it. But that's what I don't get because I agree with you that the literal words came from Andy and Bravo and probably as much to make sure that production didn't look like they allowed for something to happen that was sort of make them in any way look bad like that that they had to sort of let go of someone who was a great ratings person for no reason but I felt like this was a plot line manufactured I believe that by Malia and Sandy and I hold them to it I was numb plus by the whole um interaction 
I felt like this shouldn't be on 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 this on the storyline anymore like they kept referring it to as weed she's saying it's not weed like why is andy bringing receipts if these women want to further go after her like let them do the 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 work and i sorry i just i felt like like no one asked her to do a drug test no one gave her an opportunity to verify anything so to on a, a, a show like this where I know it's not live for us but you know where she's being in, on a show like this on a show like this where you know other people that you are a cast member of coming after you you're expecting that but like for cast members to team up with someone like Andy or production and to further this narrative, I felt like really it was a real low to me. And I didn't like that they ended it that way. Don't make me wait a week for that answer to that. I actually feel like she was wrong from the beginning and I don't care for this. I don't feel that this was ever about her drug use and not with any reason or proof. I feel that a lot of the cast is probably on medications and and taking well, stuff that they probably shouldn't be she had drugs on the whole time right and i feel like it's not just jess i mean from all these seasons from in below deck med in below deck sailing in, in below deck og i feel like this is something that happens i think it's actually something that's happening in the industry and i don't understand why hannah would be the scapegoat if it wasn't that that's what sandy and malia wanted and the fact that bravo wanted to appease sandy more than hannah really made me angry with sandy because it made me think that it was her doing no i i agree i feel like something weird and nefarious was happening and I also feel like Sandy and Malia act like their shit don't stink but it does mm-hmm. they have like especially Malia seems to have a very high regard for herself and I do agree that Malia has done some amazing things with the barrier she as a lady that she has crossed but I also just think she's an evil person and you can be evil in a woman like it's just and she to me is not a nice person but, but she does okay. not fart Chanel, Dina. She does not fart Chanel. But I also, before we end, I would like to end on one positive note. Because even though she kind of got picked on, I thought Bugsy was adorable. And she has really grown up. Adorable! I love Alex and her. I know they're just doing this for us. I know they're not together. But I love the journey that they could have been. I love their flirt. And I think even though she seemed really pissed at Andy when he wouldn't let it go about like her hair stuff. That was this, right? (laughs) I thought that was on Watch What Happens Live. That Watch What Happens Live or at the reunion when he kept asking her about the hair clips in her hair. Watch What Happens Live. But I just thought Bugsy brought everything. And I would like to give a shout out to her as the fashionista of the episode for me. (laughs) I thought she looked lovely. I really did. I thought she did a good job of paring it down. Yeah, I think she sort of, she, her decor, if you will, was not too over the top. It was just right, just a good balance. I agree. But now, Alana, I must go. And I would like to make a sign. You're going to bid me adieu? I'm going to say au revoir. But I would like to say before I, I leave you, that I did notice that I have keep saying tonight's new episode. And I know it is 
last week's episode, but we will <laughs> last week and tonight well, I, in the Potomac, which is episode 513 with some very special guests this upcoming week. So we are really excited to share it with you. It's been a busy week. There's a lot of content to produce and I don't always have the time nor do you to be timely. So forgive us. We're trying our very best to get things out really quickly. But I will say that when the good thing about the housewife shows is they make a great rewatch. So whenever you listen to it, you can just rewatch the show and gain some more insight. That's true. And just always know we are probably always in due time. So we're going to be late. Fashionably Mm. late, if not that. Always fashionably late. Well, I love you so. Have an amazing time. I can't wait to miss it. I mean, not to miss it. I can't wait to miss it. No, that was a Freudian slip if ever there was. No, no. I really wish I could have been there, but I shall let you go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tongue in Cheek, the podcast. I'm Ilana. Dina is not with us today, but we have a very special guest host, and it is Jen, who is the creator of Block by Jax. Hi, Jen. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. This is like really an absolute treat. I was literally just laughing at one of your posts, and I realized the time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, time to meet. (laughs) So are you based in the East Coast or the West Coast? I'm on the East Coast. Okay, perfect. So we are on the same time. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Good. I just wanted to make sure I'm not taking up too much of your evening. Oh, no, don't worry. And now you're home and relaxed. So, I have no life, so don't worry. <laughs> <same>. Perfect. <laughs> I'm one of those people, like I'm a personal chauffeur and a stylist, so like my clients are texting me all the time and mostly we do virtual stuff. And I will literally have a text at like 3 a.m. And sorry, but blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, it's fine. I don't sleep. I don't do anything. So. <laughs> Thank God for Bravo, though. Oh, my God. I know. But honestly, this has been the slowest season. Like, I can't remember a time, at least in my adulthood, where Bravo seemed to have less going on. Oh, my God. There is like nothing happening right now. And I'm so bored. And I just feel like after work... That was like the only thing I looked forward to during the day. It was like, at least like there's a new Beverly Hills or like a new New York tonight. And now I'm like, what the fuck do I do? Like, <laughs> I mean, honestly, except for when Below Deck Med and also um, right. Potomac is on, which Thank I would say Potomac is killing it. And so, you know, at least in my opinion, it's been a very happy um, night on Sunday. But right, we can like focus on that right now. Yeah, but it's also at the beginning of the week. So that leaves the rest of my week like dead. Right. There's like nothing to look for. And then Below Deck's about to be over too. I, I don't know if you agree. I would love to hear your opinion. But I personally think Potomac is the best in all the franchises at this moment. Not just because it's airing. I mean, in terms of like the quality of what yeah. the cast brings. I agree. I mean, like, New York has always been, like, my number one, because I feel like New York has always been consistently insane. Yeah. But I will say, like, while this season was really good of New York, I think Potomac is better this season than New York. I really do. And, like, that's a really hard thing for me to say. Yes. (laughs) And I think that it's, like, we're only, 
like four episodes into Potomac. Like maybe not four, like. No, but I think we are only six like seven, episodes seven, in. I or like eight max. Like it's really right. not a lot. I just took my notes for it. That's why I'm looking at what the number is. Um, I don't know where I got four from. This has been a really long couple months. For me, but, um, <laughs> okay. So we are at 10, but still. It's oh not God, that it's Like it's been on for a week. <laughs> We're one episode in. But honestly, Potomac really every unwell. week has not, like some of the shows, especially, um, Beverly Hills, I felt, was playing sort of fast and loose with the idea of using, like, to be continued every episode. Right. But at Potomac, it really is, like, a to be continued moment. Right. And then, like, they pick up, like, right from there. It's not, like, three days earlier, and then, like, at the end, we get to see, like, what happened. Like, yeah. their editing is just so amazing. Like, I don't know if they're not, like, nominated for an Emmy for editing. I will be so upset because they are um, incredible at their jobs they okay. all deserve a raise they all deserve a promotion <laughs> like yes like literally everything you said from New York to like now I well actually everything you said but really this <laughs> I 100% agree with I New York is always going to be my my absolute number one like it's just my OG too and I think it's the it's just like even when there's no plot, it's the greatest show. They're funny right. and entertaining all the time. But and they move on from drama too. Like they're not oh, stuck on things, which is what I love. Me too. Like they'll be screaming at each other one night, like Dorinda and Luann, like literally about to like when she was like closing the door on her in the brochures. <laughs> and then the next day they were like, Hi. Like they're That was so insane. <laughs> oh I like Beverly Hills, that would have been a storyline for three years. Like, yeah. You know, the door on my arm. I, like, I could just, never like, would. You know when Robin on Potomac brought um, the pizza to the Karen party? Yes. That on Beverly Hills could have taken them two seasons to get through. Oh, absolutely. You brought that absolutely. pizza. It wasn't funny the first time. Like, oh, it would have. hear you. I know. It's just, like, nothing new, nothing ever happens on Beverly Hills. I actually feel... Okay, if OC is my lowest point in the franchises, Beverly Hills is like almost smushed against it. No, I've been lucky because I met Kyle with Mauricio out to dinner and she was wearing a beautiful like cropped purple furry kind of jacket. It was kind of feathery furry and it was so cute and I told her I loved it and um, it was my birthday and I told her and she was so sweet and nice and they sent over champagne so Aww. I have like a soft spot for her because of that but then like because of every of her action I'm like Ooh. right like if I saw her out I would definitely be like oh my god hi yeah. like Teddy, I'd be like from yeah. like flipping her off from across the bar but like Kyle I do think is a good person I just think she can't handle conflict she deflects she never wants to be like in the hot seat and it's just like if this is the show you're going to be on you have to be able to handle that especially when you're sitting there like everyone just has to be open and honest like she I must know. have said that on repeat like I thought I could not hear Rina say it anymore until the reunion when Kyle was saying it nonstop, and I was like Kyle like I can't anymore. My fingers are in my ear. Just shh, like enough with this. No one do I feel we know less than Rinna and Kyle. Like Kyle. Oh, absolutely. And Erica too. She's oh, yeah. like. But Erica, I don't think we've 
like I think we got maybe like a little taste of her first season and then we've never gotten anything. Like nothing. Yeah. With Kyle, it's more disappointing because the beginning was all about her life. And it was what like her family's like deepest, darkest secrets. Yes. (laughs) And I feel like it hooked me so deeply that now I'm sort of offended that she thinks she can back away and like sort of as an OG not share anymore. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't get to do that. I know and that's what I hate and like I heard when they were talking about like recasting on Beverly Hills and stuff and they were like Caitlyn Jenner and like whoever her friend is or whatever I was like I am so sick of having any kind of celebrity I don't care if you're a D-list celebrity like A-list whatever I'm so sick of these semi-famous people coming onto the show because they feel like they have an image to protect Mm. and they want like a certain public persona. So they come on and they just have a wall up and they don't share anything and they don't get personal. At, I'm like, we just need a normal, rich, crazy bitch who gives yeah. zero fucks, who no one knows. She's like just a regular, actual housewife. And three more. Like, I'm so like Denise like came in. She was like probably the most famous or like one of the most famous people they've had on. I think like so. Eileen, like if you're like into soap operas, I guess it's pretty famous and like Lisa Rinna, but it's like all these people are coming in and like Garcelle too, who I love and I don't want her to go, but like it's famous people. Yeah. And well, we need like nobodies who have money. Yeah. Like first of all, that is exactly why I'm so excited about um, Salt Lake City. I, I think Potomac was so amazing because no one had any public persona. They didn't have like PR people that already branded them or anything. Like these right. people were just authentic rich bitches, if you will, who like had a lot of crazy in them to share. And like they gifted us people like Karen Huger, who is just Oh, she's random. Like I I did not like her and now I love her. Yeah. I could not decide if I hated her and loved her and then I fell in love. (laughs) It took a few seasons for me to find out where I landed with her. Oh me too. I wasn't sure and now I like love her. Yeah. And I feel like Salt Lake City, I just want to know, like, what is the, what's her name? Um, I can't think of her name right now. I'm going blank. You'll probably know better than me. Um, But the one who's married to her grandfather. Oh, I think that's Mary. No, Mary. Okay. Mary. I think. Yeah. You know how, like, some people call their, like, spouses like daddy. Does she, like, call him granddaddy? I know. Grandpa. Yeah. grandfather instead of like papi she's probably like grandpapi <laughs> I just can't even fathom having sex with someone that my grandma also had sex with I mean I thought the most disturbing thing I could possibly ever think of was someone marrying or like even sexually interacting with someone who had like with their mother I yeah. actually think this grandmother is even way yeah it like is a new level of disgusting that I want to see every second. oh absolutely it's like smushing a bug I want to watch the whole process and look at the ewy gross thing make sure it's all dead you know yeah like, I can't so- wait because that is like so like I think of like my sweet little grandma and like if she if like something ever happened to my grandpa and like she moved on with a new man and then like she died like I would never go marry that guy no and it's amazing that it was her grandmother who put it like it's not like they organically fell in love I think that's what makes it worse for me right like it wasn't like 
she fell in love with her step-grandfather who was briefly married like ew 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 still but okay but like the fact that it was like a clause like you can inherit the keys to the kingdom if you're this guy you know and it's just like i want to know everything about the family forget about even the rest of the castmate let's just and like then they have a child so it's like they obviously like get down so i was thinking like thank god for artificial insemination like it's actually possible she's never had sex with him technically that could be true but like i would honestly rather get gang banged by all my ex-boyfriends than have sex with my grandma's husband what did you think of new york this season and dorinda so i love dorinda on like a normal day I think that she's given us some of like the best one-liners that like Bravo has. Like everything she says is like memeable and like I everything she says is quotable too. And she's just come out, I feel like, with some of the best quotes that we have in Bravo. I agree. But this season, I really didn't like her. And I it was just like I felt bad. Cause like, I think of people like, um, like Kelly Dodd and stuff who I genuinely like don't think is a good person. Yeah. And she's like very problematic, but like Dorinda, I really feel like is a good person. And I think she really just had like an awful year and she probably shouldn't have been on the show, which I know she's like said a couple times, but the way, like, I felt so bad for Tinsley yeah. Where, like everything she was saying to her it was so unwarranted and so like below the belt and so I I'm sad that she's going but I'm not sad that like this version of her is going yeah you're sad for the one that was yeah like I miss I'm sad that the old Dorinda is gone but I I I ag- agree with you in that I think she this season was a much darker turn for her mm-hmm. but I have to be honest and this is very controversial so don't hate me because I feel like oh I'm I don't hate. don't worry um I didn't like her from the beginning I didn't okay, I, didn't, I wasn't that I disliked her I just wasn't like a stan for her yeah I wasn't but a stan but I did like enjoy her I yeah, she's not my I favorite I thought she was hilarious and witty, which I always like, I admire and appreciate in anyone who can kind of make me laugh and have a chuckle. Um, But I felt like her outburst kind of gave me like, it frightened me a little bit. Like I, I remember for me when I turned a little bit with her was when she got mad at Heather who had walked ahead of her when they were on the trip. I forgot where they were. It might've been when they were in St. John but Heather had like walked ahead to the restaurant and Dorinda called to her and Heather didn't realize. And then um, Heather realized, I think she called again. So she came back and was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't even hear you. And she went like really dark on her and really mad. And then they got in a fight at the table too about um, whether like about, about cursing and like whether it's ladylike or something. It, it was a while back, but for me like I remember kind of like the saying the f word all the time like there was yeah and they had this big fight and it was like that was for me when I was sort of like okay 
I'm yellow lights with you right now because that's a really aggressive like reaction and then she had like the moment where she did the knife thing and she had the moment where um she like went off with when Bethany was doing the um charity work and she went oh that was so awkward yeah and it was just like she had a few of these moments where I was like okay you are funny and I definitely think like up until this season I wanted her to stay on the show even if I wasn't like a stand for her but I didn't feel like her energy was like a pleasant one and I always do enjoy the balance of having like like a Sonia who's clever right. but so you know you just laugh like at her ridiculousness and I love that yeah and so I felt like Dorinda definitely brought a heavy energy let's say this season when she made the turkey baster stomach, I actually think I like cramped. Like I physically had a reaction because I thought it was that was so bad, so bad. And like, I think of myself and like all these other women who want to have you know families and might struggle and all these things. And I just sort of was not just heartbroken for Tinsley, but for anyone who's watching these shows and has had any hopes, dreams, or delays, or struggles, or anything, and I just thought that's, like, beyond below the belt. That's, like, on an awful thing to say, yeah. like, a truly horrible thing to say to somebody, no matter what they've done to you. Yeah, and then I really thought, because not just time, but also the fact that, like, there is so much social media and public feedback that the housewives interact with, that she would come to the reunion, sort of, with some sort of, even if it was disingenuous, some sort of show of remorse and like a genuine apology and the way she was so flippant and kind of like, I said, I'm sorry, like, you know, and it was just sort of like, for me, I was so ready to hear that she was gone. I didn't have or expect like the universe to have the rejoice that a Teddy would give everyone when she was leaving. Right. Definitely felt like it was like, like, you know, goodbye, Kyle. Like, I'm ready. Right. I'm done. Like, like a quick goodbye. Like, sweet yeah, kind of thing. yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, I I saw on Heather's podcast. Um, I don't know if you listened to it, but she had an interview with Dorinda, and I like listened to it and just hearing her voice, I was like, nope, too soon. I need to. <laughs> <laughs> like, I agree. I think this season she was honestly like horrid. I was really embarrassed like for her mm-hmm. and I thought that watching it back like she might like be, when she's like tweeting during the show and stuff be like you know what I'm watching it back like I can't believe I said that but she was never like that which also bothered me and so like at this season I really did not enjoy her and I and like she was always negative this season there wasn't like one day where she was really like this ball of fun or anything no, and we've had that from her in the past. And, you know, I definitely thought also, speaking of dark shit she did, when she let John get burned, that was dark. Like, that was, to me, like, you hate this man. Like, oh, yeah, she totally does. Yeah, I was Can't like... stand the sight of him. <laughs> like, I think, you know, like, she, you could, at least to me, I felt like you could see, like, she's disgusted that she slept with him. Like, oh, she totally. was looking at him like you took advantage of my vulnerability you disgusting pig like that oh, was yeah. <laughs> he was totally a rebound for her where she just probably was like grieving and would have honestly just been with the next guy who like gave her attention which is sad but I think that's what their situation really was yeah well I definitely think so I think he was like 
literally the definition of right there at the right time, you know, and, you know, she needed someone to put her love into, you know, she lost someone that she loved. And that's why I agree with you 100% though, with what you said, which was that I did feel genuinely bad for her too. And I think you could see it with the other ladies, like she's definitely going through something right it's darker than before it's not just it's like not okay yeah yeah and I mean it sort of actually really segues beautifully because it makes me think right now a lot when I look at Monique because I think she seems like she's in a very kind of heavy mental state that even though it's different the circumstances are different and everything that she's done is different as well I definitely think when I look at her she looks to me like someone who has had too many things that were like emotional um painful things like on her plate and it's right and I feel like because I still I thought that I wasn't going to like Monique anymore after the fight but I still do I still like her and like I'm happy you do (laughs) and I'm like gotten shit for that too like people are like how could you well people are like how can you condone it I'm like I'm not condoning it I'm not like yeah like kick her ass like at all um I think but did you like hear what that like the whole thing was planned like this whole story like the what did you hear what no. happened what? no tell oh me oh god so it like just got revealed I forget like where I saw this but so many people sent it to me that I guess like at Andy's baby shower that they were Kansas and Giselle were talking about like taking her down and starting a rumor like this about oh. her yeah no okay I did hear about that like Giselle not as specific as you just told me but I did hear that Giselle was very much like behind everything right but I felt like as a viewer it felt that way too a bit because every time it was Giselle who was like big boy this and this oh, no, like look what is what's going on yeah, and like, this uh, is the biggest like she's definitely the biggest shit stir out of all is. of them I still love her, but she is. Oh, yeah. She is, like, such a shit star. And, um, like, I, and she, I think, genuinely enjoys seeing people squirm like this. And, and I mean, like, you can tell by her reaction at Karen's house last week that, like, she doesn't want Monique to be there. And I think. She never did. And she's looking at this as an opportunity to be like, I won't film with her. I'm not doing this. Like, to get her kicked off the show. But I genuinely laughed out loud when she was in her interview being like, I have a reputation. I was like, oh, I was like, has seven or eight babies with random other people. Like, please, like, and you're famous for stirring up shit on a Bravo show. My, my, my man's a pastor. We have image to protect. I'm like, oh, he's, he's so holy. Yeah. So so like clean handed, like, please, this guy is famous for being a hoe for Mary. He's as holy. He's as Christian as Ramona pretends to be like, like, (laughs) he's not very biblical. (laughs) I'm not going to him for like any kind of his part of his job is probably to counsel people on marriage and it's like could you imagine if I were sitting I I can't even believe someone with his history has gotten to the fame and notoriety in the career he's oh I know but like I could not 
I would feel like he's taking the piss. Like I literally would be listening to him tell me about like the importance of those values and be like, and how have you practiced what you're preaching? Like literally. And I feel like you would go to him for like couples therapy or something. You'd be like, you know, my husband like cheated on me. And he'd be like, well, was the girl hot or something? Yeah, yes. Like, seriously, I feel like Mike Sarantino from Jersey Shore would do a better job being a pastor than this guy. Like, I think the devil himself would do a better job, (laughs) like being a pastor than this man. (laughs) I am so turned off by... I don't know if this makes sense, but by Giselle's infatuation with Jamal, like her pride in being back together with him is almost worrisome to me. I mean, if even your kids are like, what the fuck? Like your kids that you share with him, this is their dad. Like every child, I feel like of divorced parents, like my parents are together. So I don't like really know what this is like, but I like have students who have like divorced parents and stuff and like all they want is for them to like be together and like have their own if your kids are like no (laughs) like then there's probably something wrong well I honestly I mean you know I definitely don't think there is anyone who has more intimate knowledge of what their relationship really looks like and the fact that the kids are aware this is on camera with like a national or even international audience and they're still like no like we won't even pretend for the camera right like sorry bitch everything dad i love him oh my god his hot mic moment though i felt bad for him not because i felt like um they exploited him but because it genuinely was upsetting to hear like he was trying to be nice to his daughter and say what she wanted him to say but like how upset it made him to even have to fake it and like i I have a very close relationship with my parents. You know, if you're lucky to have that, it must have broken his heart to have to do this nice thing for a daughter that he's so against. And especially, like, I feel like a dad-daughter relationship. Like, no dad wants to see, like, a man hurt his daughter. Like, that's, like, I feel like the worst thing. But also... I could not believe after all her talking about Jamal, she didn't mention he even cheated on her before the wedding. Like, how did you think you were gonna have a, have a wedding where he was faithful? Like, he wasn't I even know. faithful before. She is like so delusional, honestly. And I not I don't know him, obviously, but I'm kind of wondering like if it's her new like fame that's also kind of making it. Like, he oh, seems like someone who's so. definitely like fame hungry and wants like all the attention and wants. And he's like, oh, look, she has, like, this platform now, and she's actually getting kind of, like, big. Like, I feel like a few for the first few seasons, like, not a lot of people were watching it. And I, I know, which is, like, insane to me. And then, like, now it's, like, yeah. really well-known the last couple of, like, a season or two, and people are really starting to, like, notice it and pay attention to it more. And he's like, let me hop on this bandwagon, and, like, she'll take me back, like... Yeah, and the fact that she did. I know, and she's, like, stunning, too. Gorgeous. And I think, again, she's, like, clever, witty. Like, she has a lot to offer, and she is one of those people where you know that, like, this is a great example of someone who's so smart in every area of their life except for the men they choose. Right, and it's, like, you could have anyone you want. Like, you are the prettiest 50-year-old woman, like, I've ever seen in my entire life. 
Honestly, I actually think Potomac is probably one of the most attractive casts I've ever seen. Oh, like, they're so stunning. Telly, let alone like just the housewives. I mean, Monique is so beautiful. She's so beautiful. I'm very upset about her hair this season. I feel like it's a sign of a deeper issue. But like outside of that, I just think her face is gorgeous. Oh, beyond. Her daughter is like the cutest so. thing I've ever, actually all her children, but her daughter like mesmerizes me. And then, like, even Candace, like, during the fight, like, she was so pretty. Like, she looks so good. And like annoying. Yeah, and Karen is, like, so beautiful. Like, every single one of them, I could go on and on. I mean, like, Ashley with those big, beautiful eyes. I mean, it's just, like, who are these, like, idiots? I know. No, I definitely, I, I felt so much during this fight. So we just have to get to it. I've got to ask you, what were your thoughts on the fight? So that fight was properly hyped up, I feel. Mm. Like I hate it, like on Beverly Hills, when they're like hyping the Brandy thing up this whole time and it ended up like sucking. Like they hyped up this fight and I feel like it lived up to it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I could not believe how long Monique was holding onto Kansas's hair. I think that was the most shocking part for me was like, oh my God, she's like not letting go. Like you're going to have to have like the jaws of life to like pry her hands off of this girl's hair. Like no, her eyes, like the vacant look in her eyes. It was like. Like the green eye bandits are going to really have to question what they're saying, in my opinion, when they're trying to say that there's no way she blacked out because there's no way she was checked in. Oh, she looked like an insane person. Yeah, like honestly, I like I thought about Dorinda's Halloween, you know, scary things in front of her house. Yeah. Looking at Monique and that. Oh, that's like what she looked like. Exactly. And like, I was like, oh my God, you've like turned into like a frozen, like, like, I don't know, like, okay, I know. Left. It's like, you know, when they like say something turned into salt, like you've turned into something that's just a frozen moment. And it was so frightening and like really entertaining. It was so entertaining. And what I love that they did, which is like another shout out to their editors is I feel like usually whenever there's like something physical that goes on on one of these shows, like it, um, oh, we make don't it like camera knocks down. Like, all that stuff, but I loved how they showed us, like, kind of the aftermath, too. Yes. Like, they brought Monique to that room. We, like, never see that, ever. First of all, I could, like, literally take an entire series that was, like, The Real Housewives and then, like, colon production, and it was just all the background production people, like, interacting and doing their thing and their drama, because that is a show. Second of all, James in the last episode the producer james first getting like ashley and michael to really like disclose their story and then in the fight episode stopping monique from opening the door i was like you deserve to be holding one of these like cherry blossoms we honestly should be and like i just loved seeing that though like i feel like it's like we see the fight usually and then it's just like stops and then we see like the next day like seeing Monique like taken into that room and like still losing her mind and then she like escaped and like booked it and like you see Kansas in the car and like it was just I loved seeing like exactly what really happens after one of these yes I always 
have that curiosity. Right. I'm like, what happens? Like, did they all go home? Like, yes. why don't they, like, what's happening? Like, and like we, when Candace didn't want to leave and the Eric, the producer is like, you have to go. And I was like, I was like sitting there like screaming at her, like, go, this woman's like, running down. Like, and then we showed like everyone like still there. Like Giselle and like Robin and Karen are like at the table. Like, so like now what? <laughs> but like this show, honestly, to me is a testament to how amazing the cast is is that the episode after that so we have two fight episodes and then the episode they show just an entire episode of them sitting on a couch talking and it was, and it was fascinating like it actually took me two hours to watch because I was taking notes and pausing because I had so many thoughts that I wanted to like get down in the moment and I felt like Giselle like I'll take notes now you know there awesome. was so much thought that I had and like, honestly, I definitely thought Giselle was being very messy, just bringing a security guard, like not necessary. And let's not pretend like, I definitely think in terms of the violence, Candace was victimized, but I don't think Candace was not a player in the fight. And I, I also don't, don't think it's not like Candace last season, she made the season and probably made the show more famous, honestly, because she tried to attack Ashley with a butter knife. Like, we're not exactly talking about a, a person who is, like, an innocent, passive person. Right. So it felt, like, a bit, um, like, producing herself when she came with the security. Oh, I know. And, like, when she was telling her therapist that, like, she's she didn't do anything for this to, like, get to this point, I'm like, uh, I don't really know about that. Like, <laughs> I feel like this has been like a boiling point with them and like finally like one of them cracked but it was just like a matter of who cracks first. I thought Candace was having a Dorothy moment like you are definitely your mother's daughter. If you think oh they're the same person. Famous. Yeah like there every time we see her mom her mom is so clueless to her own contribution to like their negative dynamic. Yeah. And I was like I know you hate when people say you're like your mama but to me, that is being like your mom to like be like, I've thought about it deeply and no, I've done nothing wrong. They are the same exact person. Exact it's person. Scary. Like, and she's just better looking. I think it's the She's better looking. No, it was great. And like Giselle bringing that bodyguard, I feel like was so rude and mean to be like, we're afraid of you. Like, she's not gonna like get up and like punch you. Also that bodyguard was like in the kitchen. He was like, like but Monique could punch you twice before, by the time that guy was actually gonna get to you. <laughs> like, yeah, and also like, honestly, I felt like I was more just jealous of him because I wanted that seat. To I know, I was like, like I was like, why did you just give him free tickets to the best show in town? Like, that's just, like, stupid. And you're paying him to be there. Like, rude. I know. He's getting paid to, like, do something that I would honestly, like, shave my head for. for yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, tell my husband all the time I'm not going to leave him unless I get an opportunity to, like, just stop, like, one of the housewives shows and, on the production team and just, like, see everything. And just, like, like and he, yeah, and he didn't probably even know who these women are, which is, like, the funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably never even heard of the show. <laughs> like, no, my husband laughs so much because he doesn't really listen to the podcast because of what we're talking about. Like, what are you it's talking about? Thing. And he'll be like, I listened to the podcast and you said you were like in love with this guy. Should I be worried? And I was like, oh no, he's, oh, no. Like, he's a four month old baby or he's a bird. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know like my brother will be like, um, 
like he like has mentioned that he's like seen a few of them like out and about and he's like everyone's freaking out saying it's like this girl from housewives i'm like what was her name and he's like ramona i'm like oh my god he's like i have no fucking clue who that is like and my brother works at morgan stanley in the city and so does avery and i'm like you have to like go find avery sing, like I can be your sister-in-law and my oh no i don't even want to that i'm like i just need you to like stalk her and he's like i have no idea who you're talking about like who the fuck is avery singer like like no one is too good to be a housewife fan and you're missing out on the most important I know. Thing. and he's like i have no idea like who any of these people are he's like are they actually famous like i don't understand no it's a like, whole world though it really is a universe like I will talk to people and I know it's sort of like there's certain people with certain types of things like if they have certain things or don't have certain things that I know like we'll be friends and like when people tell me they don't watch any housewives I'm like mm. and I'm like oh it was great meeting you you know I wish you well, well on your journey yeah. in life but yeah. we'll never be interacting again <laughs> delete my number bye yeah <laughs> but like honestly every time I have ever had a direct interaction with a housewife or like a Bravo celebrity. It's been so lovely and pleasant. And I've heard a couple bad things. And I honestly like have ironically heard that like, for example, Jax was really nice. But like, as soon as I saw the name of your um, profile in there, I was like, literally like, this is my person. Like, is, I actually met him once and he was really nice. He's like skeezy though, but yeah, well that, that, that's fair. That makes I sense. remember meeting him out in like the city one night and he, it was November and it was like a chilly night and he was just like sweating to death and it was outside to the event. And I was like, why are you so hot? Like it's like 35 degrees out. Like, you're <laughs> acting like you're in the desert. He was like dripping down him and like people like, like all those powders and pills oh God, I know we're like taking a picture with him I was like ew I don't even like really want him like near me like he's so sweaty right now for some reason I'm like he's probably like, coked out or something but yeah and like not, not right before the wedding but the season before he looked very much like he was doing steroids or something like his neck and his red face he has so many things in his body I'm sure it's like endless like like when he dies like I want that autopsy I want to hear like, everything that was <laughs> you want the report on your desk like even if he's like 85 years old when that day comes I still want to know because <laughs> I, I like want like the hair test like a proper like tell me everything for the last decade <laughs> oh my god I would love to get a hair follicle from him and just like send it somewhere please report back actually i'd like a hair follicle from all the castmates of every franchise oh i know me too and just like know the truth yeah because especially like i was listening to a different podcast and um heather and um carol radzi were talking about like the drug use in new york and they were just saying how like they're all just really coked out and popping pills and this and that and it's not surprising since it's been discussed on the show and everything but like i'm like i would just like some sort of proof like written proof like right. you have to sign a document that says like this is happening and like you're fine with production showing us and just admit it like <laughs> like when sonia's like jump like stamping on glass and stuff. i know like what are you right on? on the side like, of the screen like what she's taken <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Like what she's on. So we like, tag it, please. <laughs> we can all avoid it. And like, <laughs> exactly. 
Oh, Sonia. But you know, you've met Jax. I want to hear like, have you met anyone else? Who have you met? Who's the kind of peak? Who is the valley? I met Sonia. I was blackout. I can't even put, so I met her, Teresa and Kelly at the same time. They were at an event. They were at an event in my hometown in Connecticut, like right outside the city. And they, I ended up like lying to the people who worked there and like pretended I was like, like somebody else and like literally like manipulated my way into the meet and greet that cost like an extra like $200. And I literally just like fucked with them so bad and got in you're amazing and met them and I was blackout the picture I took with them I can't even post it anywhere because my entire nipple is out oh my god (laughs) like I posted it once and I put like a star on it and like Sonia reposted it and I was like this is embarrassing this is like on her story now and my cousin texted me because like she's probably like that girl's my piece she's like oh that's like my little sister and like my cousin texted me was like I think I just saw like a naked photo of you on Sonia's story I was like yeah that was me but like I have to say and now it's like funny to say this like Kelly was actually like the coolest out of all three like she was the nicest she was the one like it was like a meet and greet so they were kind of trying to get people to go quickly and so and she Kelly was the one that was like wait hold on like and talking and that's nice. I love that. I mean, honestly, I always say this on the podcast. Like, I, even when I'm like, I hate this one. I don't really hate them. Like, I they, right. I, I recognize that their character on a show, like, it's not the real version of them. And I've had um, more, like, in the wild than, like, anything formal met them. Not all of them, just a, a couple. And, like, for example, I once um, got a manicure with Siggy, and we, like, spent, like, two hours getting many pedis and just chatting. And she was just everything and more I w- that, like, I wanted her to be, you know? It was just, like, she was so lovely, and it, it was so like nice interacting with her in this really casual way and I was trying to play it cool and like kind of be like yeah I watch the show but like not like not like I watch the show yeah exactly and like I know everything you said and she was like telling me her version of the Margaret fight and like why she was offended but like as if I didn't watch the show and I was like I just told you I do I just told you I do like it was so amazing hearing her because basically verbatim her argument like during the reunion on the show was like her argument in this situation and I enjoyed hearing it like the live version I was like oh that's amazing (laughs) I know that's like so nice I love when they're like cool in real life like Austin from Southern Charm I met and he was such a dick like was he he but all the Southern Charm Charm guys to me kind of give me like not quite rapist vibes but like oh he was such a dick precursor like they have like some very dark energy he just like wasn't nice like I was in Charleston for a bachelorette party and only one of my friends there also watches Bravo so like obviously no one wanted to go like look at Patricia's house or anything so we didn't even like do anything like that and he posted his location on his story And I was like, oh, I wonder like where that bar is. And I put it like in Google Maps and it was like, you are like 10 feet away. And it was like literally the bar next to us. And I was like, let's just go in, like he's there. And we like went in and said hi to him. And he was like acting like we were bothering him. 
I was like, first of all, we're like the only two people here that are even giving you the time of day. Stop acting like you're some big to do. And we're, you're like being flooded with autographs. Also, it's what? you put your location on your story. You were thirsty. that moment. Yeah. He wanted people to come up so he could like then make them right. feel. And be like, oh my God, like they're paparazzi, like the fans are here. Like you posted where you were. And if you were even like, I hate exercise and like all physical activity. So I'm like, if you were even like a 10 minute walk, I would have never even done that. <laughs> but you were right next to us. So I like made the effort to like take 15 were, like, steps. A convenient <laughs> follow. And right. I know. I'm like, it's, if you were like an Uber ride away, I would never like go follow you. I know it's not even like a chef. Austin's like a phase two kind member. Like let's not pretend like you've got a spin-off. Right. I was just like, oh he's like right there. Let's just go and like see him. And he was just acting like, oh my God, like I'm like trying to like live my life and like all the fans just like swarm me. I was like no one here gives every time I think of him though I just think of him like holding his you know winky and yelling Madison Madison!" and it's like I just like it was the most off-putting scene in like all of telly my brother golfs with him what my brother's like best childhood friend lives in Charleston and he like owns a bar down there like one of the ones they all go to and my brother went to go visit him and they golfed and like Austin was like with them. And my brother was like, yeah, there's some guy from like a show I think is on Bravo. And he sent me a photo of the three of them. I was like, you just golfed with Austin. Like, okay. Well, your brother lives this like housewife. I know. Like, and he like doesn't even know it. <laughs> like, of course he gets all the like amazing opportunities. I know. I'm like, and he's so oblivious. He was like, yeah, it was some guy named Austin. I was like, did anyone like go up to him when you guys were out with him? My brother was like, like one person. I didn't even like <laughs> but my well, friend from Carlson, and she yeah, says I, everyone hates them so like no one goes up to them oh really interesting Maybe and my friend is like so stunningly beautiful and Shep went up to her one night because she's like from there and was like hitting on her and the production asked her to like sign a release form and she doesn't watch Bravo and she's like no like I know what the show is like everyone here hates them like I don't want to be part of it so she wouldn't sign it. And Chef was like, you're not that hot anyway. That's what he said to me. He was like, ew. ew. Like, ew. Why is that not even surprising? No. And I was like, well, because she wouldn't sign, like, a release form to be on your show. Like, so and I was like first of all she's 27 and at the time she was like 22 so he must have been like 808 and that, that that's awesome. and she was like it was just like this creepy old guy like coming up to us and I was like no thanks like no that's you're good. not that hot anyway I was like he should be so lucky to even like hold your purse for you <laughs> yeah, he, like I okay I'm excited for this season because like all the girls left and I'm like, there must be, I don't know if they're going to address it, but they must. Right. So like, I'm excited to stay have to. Yeah. But on the other hand, like I would leave my job too. If my job was to spend time with these three guys, like I think they're all ill. But I am. So I, when I saw the cast photo for, this season I was like this is gonna suck like who are any of these people and then I watched the trailer and I'm just so excited for Catherine to like finally get what's been coming to her I've never liked her 
Me neither. And I have to say, in this sick, perverse, but totally delicious way, I feel exactly the same way. I'm like so happy. Finally. And like, I obviously feel like her whole situation with Thomas, like he was like 50 and she was like 22 years old. Like that was gross. And I do think that he like gaslighted her and like all this stuff. But I think she's also a piece of shit. And I struggle to feel bad for her, even though I am ready. Yeah. Ready for her to like finally get it from everybody. And like instead of people being like, we feel bad for Catherine. Like now it's going to be like, fuck you. And I cannot wait. Well, see, I really struggle to ever feel bad for her. Not because I don't agree with you. Like he's a monster. I definitely think he gaslighted her. And I definitely think there is some very dark dynamics that go on between the men and women in that environment yeah but I also don't feel like she does not come at least across to me as a girl who doesn't know what she was doing like no I know I think she just you know when they're like don't you know be careful what you wish for I think it was more like one of those things where it's like she created this thing and then was like oh this is the worst and everyone's like oh Catherine I'm like really because like she did that yeah, I don't really feel bad for her. Um, <laughs> she's an adult. Like, she's... Even when she got pregnant, it wasn't like... I'm not saying, I mean, that that's not young. But, like, it's not so young. Like, I knew what I was doing. I was married at that age. Right. I think you know... Right. And, like, so were my parents. And I always say to my mom, because she's, like, I'm the oldest of four. And my parents had me when they were 22. And my mom's always, like we were so shocked. Like when we found out we were pregnant with you, I'm like, well, did you use a condom? She's like, no. I'm like, were you on birth control? She's like, no. I'm like, then were you really that shocked? Like, don't you know how it works? Like, did you go to health class like in high school? And she's like, you know what I mean? I'm like, not really because like. (laughs) Exactly. But okay. So take that conversation instead of being with your like lovely mummy and switch it to Catherine. And that's exactly what was in my head when everyone's like, and like, you know, like, 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 I'm like, well, this really old man and her had sex on multiple occasions, not using any form of measure. So like, that's what happens. You get. Right. Like I'm on birth control. If I wasn't on birth control right now, I would probably have like. 18 children but I take precautions and I avoid it and then like look at that you're not pregnant look I don't have kids like (laughs) we always end our show with a little game we it's sort of in the Mary F. Kill of Luann except we do call text delete and we named three housewives and you choose who would you call, who would you text, and who would you delete. Okay. Um, I will give you the three housewives. Do you want to choose the city? Please don't do Salt Lake City, though, because I don't know all their names yet. Okay. <laughs> um, actually, you pick. Surprise me. Okay. So I will give you New York because that one you said is like your favorite. <laughs> so I'm going to do Leah. Okay. I'm going to do, I'm going to mix old and new if that's all right with you. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to do Leah, Carol Rodwell, and Jill Zem. Oh my God. <laughs> Delete Jill. Okay. Text Carol. Yes. And call Tinsley. And can you tell us why? I don't like Jill. 
um, <laughs> when people are like, when people are like, bring her back. I'm like, no, we don't need her again. Like I'm. She lives near me. Oh, she does? Yeah. Oh my God. Like, I'm just like done with her. I don't want, I thought the way that she treated Bethany in the beginning was like so disgusting. It, and like for what reason who knows it was just like so mean um I can't stand the sound of her voice anymore like I'm just done um my producer's gonna love hearing this because she says all the same thing <laughs> <laughs> like I just I feel like it's also been so long since she's been on it that like we've all kind of just moved on at this point and like I, you want to make a little cameo every now and then fine but Otherwise, there's really no need for you. We, they don't need her. Yeah. Well, it's a different show. That's the it thing. Like, if they were going to bring her back, I'd want Bethany back. Like, I'd want the original almost. I'd set my right. next record. But I just never liked her. I always thought that she was just kind of like an asshole to everyone and thought she was better than everybody. And I really don't like her. But, and Carol, I liked Carol in the beginning of her seasons toward the end like her last season I didn't love her um and like she's just like kind of weird now I don't know the picture she posts like she's very thirsty very thirsty and like she won't let go of the housewife thing but she's also trying right. to pretend like she's so above it right and, and it's like but you went in it. yeah and she went into the show in my opinion thinking she was already better than it but like that she was going to be the cool kind of voice of right. reason outsider and then she got so into it and she's never done she out. got like really wrapped up and like sucked in totally really and then like leah who doesn't love leah i'd talk to her on the phone yeah i wouldn't <laughs> and i get anxiety when people call me i'm like oh my god and like i would totally talk to leah she i love her i think she was the perfect addition this season especially because it was like her first bethany list one in a while oh yeah and like we kind of needed something to keep our attention and she did it. I'm excited also for her. Um, I mean, they say she's friends with Leah, but I never know if that's true. But um, for the new cast member, I'm trying to remember her name, Erin. Oh, Eb Ebony. Ebony, yeah. And I'm, I'm excited for her too. And I'm super excited that it's kind of coming from Leah because especially if the friendship is genuine, I'd be excited to see a side of Leah that's less like her with her aunties and more like right. her people. Because I don't know if you saw the video, it really was cute, but of Tinsley and Leah like doing the TikTok video. Yeah, like something, she needs like someone more her age around. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I like seeing her that like way. Like her downtown life, like. Yeah, I mean, she's 10 years older than me, I believe. And like sometimes the way they present her, I feel like she looks, seems like she's 20 and then you see moments like that and you're like oh she's still like you know right like she's still I know I love her but she does need someone like more on her level to like bring out that really fun side I feel like where it's not going to be judged and stuff yeah and I want a lot more from Bunny and Sarah who I think is so messy and I love her sister so much I know I love them I'm so excited I love it but anyway, I know that you have places to be and things to do. So I just like for once <laughs> so much. We would love to have you back. Oh my God, definitely. Please. Maybe we could arrange it. You know, when we have some um, like 
things coming up. I know that there the is an actual show is airing. Yeah. Oh, there's our Below Deck reunion. We could come on and discuss that. Oh, definitely. Premiere Below Deck. We've also got OC. I feel like there are things happening for us to beach about, and this is the proper forum. Oh, absolutely. Oh my God. I would love to come back. I love doing these. So. Oh, yay. They never had to talk to anyone about Bravo. So it's this is truly, you are so nice and so lovely and so beautiful. I know no one oh, else can see you, and, um, me, but you. so beautiful. You really thank you so much for such a fun evening. Oh, no, thank you. Tina is going to be so jealous. <laughs> and we'll have to do it again soon. Have a beautiful night. I'm still. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you want to follow us across our platforms, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Stylishly Solomon. Solomon spelled with all O's, S-O-L-O-M-O-N. And also on our Instagram, you can find links in the bio to follow us on Amazon and like to know it and shop our looks and find out our fashion breakdowns. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. We always love to hear your feedback. We thank you for thinking of us and appreciate your love and support.